welcome to episode 70 of the Animal Addicts podcast, our first episode of 2022. On today's episode, Casey talks about some happy things and pretty crazy things, while I'm pretty much just full of bad news. We learn about two new awesome favorites, and our animal of the week is one of the coolest we've talked about yet. So let's kick off Oceana with episode 70 of the Animal Addicts podcast. And welcome to episode 70 of the Animal Addicts podcast. As always, we're your host, Allie. And Casey. And today we're going to talk about a whole new assortment of awesome animals. Um, but before we get into that, what have you been up to since the, uh, since the, whatever, in the lengthy amount of time since I've seen you, Casey? I went to Disney. I'm so Land. jealous. <laughs> How dare you? Yes, in the notes, he misspelled Disneyland, folks, which, if you're not from California, is acceptable, I guess, but, like, it's one word. Anyway. To be fair, the last time I went was, like, 15 years ago. Which is, like, really upsetting, and I really want to go with you to Disneyland at some point. So I can yeah, like, this will probably the be the only time I go in, like, maybe the, until the next 10 years. Did you not like it or just, like, the cost, cost. of it? Yeah, the cost is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it was actually a gift, Christmas gift from my brother. He got us all tickets. Wow. Yeah. Did he do like the like the multiple day things or just like the no. one day thing? One day park where we could go between yeah. parks. But now, so do they do the one days where you can't cross them to like one or two? Yeah. Okay, yeah. They've switched it up now. Mm-hmm. Eventually, when I can eat again, I'm going to get a key, which is a pass, mm-hmm. hopefully. Anyway, so what was it like? Yeah. But anyway, but first off, my brother was telling, we were talking about passes and it's like Disney's too damn expensive. It's crazy. Because, like, he was saying, like, the one that's really at all worth it is, like, 1400 bucks. That's not true. The other ones are worth it. Yeah. I don't know. It was probably with blackout dates or something. Yeah, but he's looking at it probably because he doesn't want blackout dates, but the fact is the blackout dates that exist, you don't want. Mm. You don't, I mean, you don't want to go those days. The summer times? Summer and weekends. Yeah. They're always, it's so crowded. Yeah, the thing that sucks is with my family, that's like the only time we can all do something together. Yeah, so then you have problems. So then you just do one day tickets. It's cheaper that way Yeah. in that situation. And also a lot of times they'll do like the Southern California, I mean, of course, Disney has totally price gouged everything, which they normally do anyway. Mm-hmm. But now because of COVID and they were shut down for so long, they're obviously, although they're still making, well, that's why they're, they're keeping my stock portfolio afloat um, <laughs> with my whole like five or 10 shares, whatever it is. Uh, anyway, which I always want as an excuse. I'm like, I'm just driving up my stock right now um, to go. But anyway, um, yeah, they always price gouge, but they will usually do like a Southern California yeah. resident and they'll mm-hmm. do, you can do like five days. And at that point, I mean, you do have to use it within like 90 days, I think. But like, those are pretty, that breaks down to a good price. Yeah, because my dad was even talking about like, he used to be in the military and like back then they didn't make much, but he could still afford oh, Disney yeah. for us. <laughs> it's like When I lived in Fullerton, the cheapest pass was under $200. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure the cheapest pass mm-hmm. now is 400 at least. Yeah, it's 400 Yeah. So, yeah, I remember I was looking at it because I would probably get the one that's above the, the second level up one. And between that and now the more expensive Animal Park Pass, those two passes would be well over a grand a year. And I'm like, can I do that? Mm, I still have debt to pay off. It's shrinking, School but not fast debt. enough. All. All. Um, no, when I, when I, a few years ago, 
it I had paid not all of it off, but I'd paid a lot off as far as credit cards and stuff. And then I thought I had a job. <laughs> I mean, I did have a job, but it didn't start when it was supposed to. Oh. So and I just wasn't paying attention because I was used to having a job. <laughs> So I was just like going out to eat and stuff and charging things and just not being smart about it. So and then and then horrid dental bills and yeah. stuff like that. So the dental bills is really what drove it up. So now I have credit card debt and then I have a, a little bit of student loans left, but I haven't been paying anything on those because right now they haven't been collecting and they yeah. have the lowest APR of everything of all my accounts. So I'm like, I'm paying off all the other ones first. So two credit cards paid off. Yay. Debt. Also, be smart about credit cards, but it is important to develop credit. So yeah, I have you do no have to do that. See, I have, and I have. Well, I think it's very good credit now, but like, I used to have excellent credit, and I want it back. <laughs> but anyway, but you do have to actually use it. What's stupid about like credit. credit is like they've even done studies that have shown that whether or not you actually have a good credit score has no bear shows no bearings on how you are as a potential client. Um, I wouldn't totally say that because if you have trash credit score then it probably does. And if you have excellent credit, then it probably does. But everything else in between, probably not. <laughs> because, no, I mean, some people really don't pay their stuff back. Yeah. And but also, I'm skeptical of that even because most of most debt is due to medical bills anyway. Most of it's medical bills. Or, or what will happen like with me is because I would have to chart, well, yeah, because I'd have to use cash to pay certain bills, then I'd have to use credit for like groceries or something, you know? Mm -hmm. So the things you didn't have to have cash for. Yeah, medical bills, they'll just knock you out. <laughs> As we just talked yeah. about my lovely health insurance, mm -hmm. they'll knock you out easily. Which I'm probably halfway to my deductible already. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> anyway, but Disneyland, yeah, horribly yeah. expensive. Mm -hmm. um, and also interesting right now because of COVID and the protocol. So how was that? Not too bad. Um, most people were keeping their masks on that I could see. I've heard they're, they're actually pretty good about enforcing it. Oh, though. yeah, they are. They will catch you. Yeah, I've heard they're like on it. So <laughs> Yeah, uh, we were on waiting to get in this one ride in. If you're inside a building, you have to have it on. Yeah. And this guy was trying to take a picture and they wanted his mask off. It's like, put your mask on, sir. They nearly kicked somebody out on one of the rides because yeah. they kept on taking their mask down. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So like I said, but do I you have to have them on outside now? No. Or okay, all right. I did because I don't trust. Because at different times, yeah, no, at Disneyland I would absolutely have it on. But at different times they had it where like you had to have it on outside, but there were designated places basically where you could sit and eat mm -hmm. that you could have it off. But I mean, yeah. I'm saying this from friends who went and from all the pages I'm on because obviously I haven't been in forever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so like, don't remember the first name of the first ride we went on, but it's. I'll know what is it. Okay, so it. there's like this like skeleton of a dinosaur thing. It's kind of like a train dirt terrain. <laughs> In Fantasyland or where? I think. Skeleton of a dinosaur. Are you talking like, about Thunder Mountain? Maybe. Hold on. <laughs> this here's the wildest ride in the wilderness. How dare you not know Thunder Let Mountain? Let me double check. Big Thunder. It's definitely Big Thunder. There's like a rib cage, right? It's a dinosaur ribcage. That's the only yeah. thing I can think of you're saying. Dinosaur, dinosaur ribcage. That's what yeah. I meant to say. It's, ugh, it's the Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. It's one of the best. Yeah. I, I kept moving around in my seat. Yeah, it's it. a problem. You definitely need to get two people who weigh the same because mm -hmm. it's a problem. You squish each other mm -hmm. a lot. Did you do, uh, you probably don't know about the goat trick, so you probably didn't do it. The goat trick? Yeah. You're supposed to like lock eyes with the goat as you go around and it's just like, it's fun. Anyway. I also, remember seeing a goat. When they were still building, um, 
Galaxy's Edge. Is that what it's called? I forgot. It was Star Wars Land. Star, that part. Yeah, yeah. It's Edge of a Galaxy. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, that was the only spot where you, well, there were two spots, that and the train, where you could see the construction. So every time you get up to that point, like right by the goat, you'd like look over and be like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, yeah. Big Thunder's so great, though. How long was the wait? Not that long for the that. It was only like 30 minutes. Nice. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. about average. For that. And then we went Except on to. Except for busy days. Yeah. Was it really busy when you went? I don't know. I would, based on what I heard from my cousin, because she went and she was having such a horrible time and so busy, she said she wouldn't go back to Disneyland even if it was free. Wow. <laughs> but then she went like a week or two later. <laughs> um, yeah, not too terrible. Like the longest line we waited in was for cars. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. The racers. Yeah. Yeah. And that was about an hour um, wait. Um, that was the worst it was. Um, most of the lines we waited in were like 30, 40 minutes. That's pretty normal for yeah. off-season. When mm-hmm. did... It was this December it was or January? It was January. Okay. Like mm-hmm. two days ago. Okay. Um, yeah, that's about normal for their off-season type stuff. Mm-hmm. When you're in like on your weekends and stuff like that, then you get... Raiders is always... Raiders. Racers is always like yeah. at least an hour. Um, and then... Yeah, a lot of them are. I bet Peter Pan was over like almost an hour because it always mm-hmm. is, no matter what. So, what was your favorite ride? Um, it it's hard to choose. There's three contenders. There's Space Mountain. Okay, yeah, that was one of the first one. That one's one of the longer rates. It was only forty five minutes, still forty five fifty minutes, something like that. Um, or Okay, another one, which I wasn't even going to go on initially, was Guardians of the Galaxy. I can't do that when it tries to kill me. <laughs> it's Cause... even worse now. It was bad as Tower of Terror, and now it's even worse. Uh, really? Yeah. It's, it's, I like, I get heart palpitations. Yeah. I hate dead drops. Like, we go to Knott's Berry Farm, yeah. my family, like, once every year. I love Spre- that ride. Supreme Scream, I cannot do it. And I can do that one without dying, but really? I can't do it. Yeah. It's taller. It's not about the height. It's the it's the jumping back and forth constantly oh. doing it that like it can't like reassess or something. I don't know medically what's going yeah. on. I'm just saying I get heart palpitations, yeah. so I'm like this isn't worth it because I don't get to enjoy it because I have to like try and do tricks to not. Yeah, because <laughs> here's my thing: is like at least there I'm being distracted because Rocket's talking to me and we're trying to get a three billion units. <laughs> have no idea what's going on because i can never focus because i'm literally sitting there like okay breathe out because it's gonna come so rocket's helping me stay secure as i'm not freaking out as whereas at knots where i'm on supreme scream all i hear is the noise of the machine of what i am assuming is my impending death (laughs) i like supreme scream also you're outside i mean you're partially outside but i could do guardians galaxy not supreme scream but that's one of my favorites. But every time it dropped, I was like, ah! And I was grabbing my seat because I don't do yep. those rides. Yep, yep. It's always fun. That then... was a ride someone almost got kicked off. Oh, okay, yeah. Our, um, the last ride we went on, which is arguably one another contender for one of my favorites, is the Millennium Falcon Simulator. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, what is Smuggler's Run, I think, mm-hmm. is what it is? Something like that. I love it because I've never got to go on... Um, Rise of the Resistance because mm-hmm. they were still doing the boarding passes back then, and then of course COVID shut everything yeah. down. But I love that ride so much because you get, it's different every time. Were you a pilot? What were you? I was an engineer. Okay, you just push the buttons. Yes. Yeah, but it's still so fun. It was funny because <laughs> pilot we were, is the best. My mom but... was filming all the time and was like, "Quit! You're the gunner! Shoot!" 
It is such a great ride, but it and is like stressful. my sister's reaction. Both my sisters were pilots, and like oh, it was so, so stressful fun. for them. It was like what? what? Just, like in my other sister, like pull the lever. There's a lot of screaming happening it's on that so... ride every time. Yeah. I love that ride. It is so fun. Yeah. That is probably my favorite now. Although Rise of the Resistance is supposed to be like amazing, mm-hmm. but that is probably my favorite now because it's just like because you can. Have, I want to like get a team of people to go. I'm like, all right, guys, we're gonna figure this out. We're gonna do this a lot. And then we're going to see who's the best pilot, who's the best engineer, and we're going to get the best team, and we are going to nail this. It's so fun. If you go to Disneyland, you have to do that ride. Yes. It's so fun. But anyway, um, okay, all right, well, I don't agree on Guardians, but because uh, it tries to kill me. Um, but Space Mountain's fun, and, and definitely, mm-hmm. I think it's Smuggler's Run. I've only gotten to do it, like, twice, because mm-hmm. then COVID happened, so. Also just, oh, Galaxy's Edge or whatever, I, I love it so much. I love it so, so much. Yep. It's so great. Anyway, okay. Well, that's fun. So, overall, a good trip, right? It was a great trip. That's exciting. Someday, you'll be able to go back again. I hope so. It's not like the animal park where if I get a pass, I get, like, a free pass for someone. Yeah. Obviously, so can't help you with that. Well, um, I'm not so... I'll find a way to seek myself in. Yeah. Well, I'll be dressed as a universe dog. When it's farther away from COVID times, then mm-hmm. if you know people who work there, they can sign you in, too. Which yeah. they don't like to do a lot, but you could ask, like, once a year, probably, if you actually know them well. Anyway, but um, in, in other news, um, my news is not happy. <laughs> I wanted to get so much done, everyone, during January when we had the month off from the podcast, and none of it got done because I got super freaking sick with this whole mystery GI thing that it knocked me on my ass for two weeks, and I missed over a week of work, which is fun. Oh, that's another thing. I get a deal with trying to file for disability now because all my PTO got uh, sucked up. Gosh. So, yeah, it's really fun. Um. But, uh, yeah, that was not fun. It was terrible. I still have no answers. I've now had two more imaging and procedures done and went to urgent care and all kinds of fun times. And luckily did not get COVID, though. Got tested at urgent care. And then I had signed up for a PCR test that Saturday after. Because I went to urgent care on Tuesday and I had signed up for a PCR test on Saturday, like, the week before. Because you couldn't. You can't get them. Yeah. I don't know when you'll listen to this. But if you are current times, getting PCRs right now is, like, yeah, there's impossible. A few, there's a few, like parking lot covid um testing um clinics near where i live and yeah. it's like no walk-ins right now no they're all. usually and the ones that they set up are usually two to three hour waits mm-hmm. so i had there was one opening in temecula of course because no one in temecula gives a fuck about anything also i've done this i go through cvs and i've done it in three different locations four different locations now and Temecula also doesn't have their shit together. Like, they didn't give you a wipey to wipe down the thing with after. And, like, the thing was, it was a hot mess. Anyway, I was just like, oh, Temecula. Anyway, um, but that's why I can get an appointment. So I drove all the way out there. <laughs> anyway, so I did my PCR Saturday because I was like, I just went to the urgent care where, like, the vast majority of their patients are COVID patients. I'm like, I'm sure I was exposed, so I better keep that appointment. Anyway, but two times... No COVID. So only OG COVID have I had. <laughs> I'm amazed I've yet to get COVID. You may have had it and been asymptomatic back yeah. in the day. Mm-hmm. But who knows? But a lot of people at work have been getting it and have not been asymptomatic. That's mm-hmm. for sure. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's weird. I feel like I feel like more people now are not asymptomatic with it than they were back then. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's weird. Anyway. Yeah. My but sister yeah. definitely had system. Sis. Symptoms. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. I Systems. was lucky. I just had my dizziness that one day, yeah. but other than that, I was fine. So it was funny because she was like in quarantine. I was like making a joke to the rest of my family. It's like, okay, from now on, we're going to make her dinner, it's, put it on a tray. Yep. <laughs> 
When when I was in quarantine, my mom would she'd basically get a little tray of food. We'd both have our masks on, and I would just like not sit by her, and she'd come and stick it on the table. <laughs> And that'd basically be it. Oh, good times. Anyway, um, I missed that time because I was able to still function and do things. And then it sucks because I was missing work. And then I was so, like, just dying that I was in bed or in the bathroom or, like, getting food occasionally. So I was like, I had no energy to do anything. It was just a whole situation. And then there's a funny story that I told Casey that I'm not going to repeat on here because it's kind of... Kind of gross. But my cat was really funny and she had a horrible reaction in her face. I wish I got in a picture of it because it was really funny. Anyway, so I guess I should say that part. But if you have pictures of your animals reacting to what happens after you puke, you should save them (laughs) or share them because I wish I'd gotten the picture of her face because it was amazing. Anyway, but so while I was super sick, basically all I could do was like watch Netflix and stuff because I'm like, I have no energy to work on anything or like focus. I'm like, I'll just watch movies and things. I was like, there's a bunch of Disney movies I'm behind on. Let's just watch those and stuff. So I watched many. Um, I watched Ray and the Last Dragon. I watched Shang-Chi, something like that. I haven't seen that. That one's really good. And then Eternals, which was not so good. And I was just like, this is long. I liked it. It was long. I was like, this is slow and long. And I don't love this story. It needed to move faster. Anyway, the story's fine. It just, anyway, it was just, anyway. Shang-Chi was definitely the best of everything I watched. Um, And then I watched it, right? And The Last Dragon, which was pretty good. I just don't like Aquafina's voice. It really just bothers me. It's not even like her acting bothers me. It's just her voice bothers me. And it's strange. You know what's funny is like I follow people on like social media. It's like I love your content, what you're talking about. But it's like your voice annoys me so much. Yeah, it's I just I can't do it anyway. So that was just annoying. I'm like, I'm sorry. Like nothing against her. I just like I just don't like her voice. Anyway, I bring that up because she's the voice of the dragon in Mm -hmm. Ray and the Last Dragon. So anyway, and then I watched Encanto, which. um, We don't talk. Yeah. (laughs) Which also I was like, oh yeah, this is Lin-Manuel. And I was like, this music I don't like as much. I just feel like, I don't know, it's weird because it didn't feel like it fit together mm-hmm. very well. And I'm like, but it's all the same composer, so it doesn't make sense. And his other stuff fit, like all the Moana stuff fit, and like obviously Hamilton and, and the Heights fit. So I'm like, I'm not sure what's happening here. Mm-hmm. Obviously Luisa's song is the best. but mm-hmm. And I definitely want, what's the kid's name? Alberto? No, that's not right. The little kid. The one, oh, spoilers. I want his gift <laughs> and his room because that's really cool. But that brings us to why I was bringing up Encanto because in his room, okay, spoilers, folks. I just don't really know how to not say this. Okay, he, ha- you, wait, I, you haven't watched it? No. But you know about the Bruno part? Yeah, I know about the song because it's everywhere. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know how to say this without saying this. There are just animals in it. Okay, we'll say this. There are animals in this movie that appear, and there's so many of our animals, dude. Uh, yeah. We got Kawadi in there. We got Baird's Tapir in there. Did I write down the other ones? I no. didn't. Okay. Anyway, but there are other animals that we've... Jaguars in there. Like, there's so many animals. I was like, this is all of our animals. This is great. Anyway, the kid's gift. I want it, and I want his room. Um, but yeah, so... The thing is, I have Disney Plus, too, so I can watch this. That's what I did. I was on Disney Plus. I, I did, like, four of those in a day. Mm-hmm. I think the main reason is, like, my brother's not home. <laughs> yeah. And it's, like, whenever we try to figure out stuff with our smart TV. 
Oh, you struggle? I didn't own my computer. The problem is it's connected to my mom's Amazon. And like, my mom does not use her Amazon account. She uses my Amazon account. Well, that's weird. Why don't you connect it to your account then? We can't. We can't figure it out. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, they can't figure it out. I, Drama. Because it's weird. Because at first, like, one time we were going to watch Halloween on the smart TV using my Amazon Prime account. Yeah. And so I gave them my code for it. But it's like they couldn't log into my thing for some reason because the smart TV itself is logged into my mom's account. That is so frustrating. Mm-hmm. Anyway. But yeah, so I, I was I was sick, so I watched a bunch of things was basically the point. But a lot of our animals are in there. So I was like, heck yeah, it's representing South America because it's supposed to be like in Colombia. But anyway, um, really cool. And the other thing I did, because it's been forever since we've done anything, is I got my booster because we're required to. I planned to get it anyway. I was just hoping that we'd get all the stomach stuff figured out before I do it because I was sick on my second shot. And then I was like, that's never, this is my life now. So I guess yeah. I'll have to get it. And then they came out with a mandate that uh, if you were eligible, you had to have it by February 1st. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm getting it. I got and it a few days before Christmas. You got your booster already? Oh, I guess, yeah. I forget that mine was like almost a year past when I got yeah. my second shot. But yeah, I got my booster and I was actually pretty lucky. I had the sore arm, obviously, which is fine. And I got a headache and I was super tired. Mm -hmm. But I didn't get the horrendous T-Rex chills that I had from the time before. I didn't feel as shitty. So I was like, all right. Yeah, my arm was not nearly as sore as the first time. Oh, God, my arm And I didn't get a headache this time. My arm was pretty bad, but like that I can live with. It sucks, though, because I sleep on my side and I couldn't sleep on my side. But... You my know. family calls me weird because I don't sleep on my side or my back, but I sleep on my stomach. Mine's kind of a side stomach situation. Yeah. And I, I, I just flip all the time. And then I'm on my back, too. But yeah. anyway, it was. Oh, that's what, what the thing that sucked about. Like, I had to wait for my second wind on Disneyland to enjoy it more because, like, I was so exhausted in the beginning. It's like I have this hypothesis that whenever I set my alarm, I will not be able to sleep. Really? Yes, because I set my alarm because like, cause we're leaving at 7, so we get there when it opens. Yeah. I did not sleep except for like two hours. Oh, that sucks. But also, mm-hmm. maybe you haven't been in so long. You probably had that little kid like, we're going to Disneyland. Yeah. You know, maybe. I don't know because I feel like sleep. I can't get excited. <laughs> About anything? Yeah, literally anything. About life. Yeah. I've lived through life enough that I excitement no longer exists. We haven't been disciplined in so long. Like, yeah. I'd be excited, too. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to go, even not like that level, because I used to go at least once a month-ish, mm-hmm. but I miss it so mm-hmm. much. But I can't go until I can eat yeah. normally. And it's like, I was like... Somewhat normally. Finding out the price, I was like amazed that where we used to work, like all our whole veterinary staff had passes. Oh, yeah. It's like... No, but they were cheaper. I mean, the mm-hmm. one I had before COVID shut everything down, I think it was 400 but that was the second level up. Yeah. So that gave me Sundays and a lot of other dates and stuff. But, yeah. I mean, and of course, they've taken away. They've really priced it out of families. You might be able to do it, like, once a year, but it's really not yeah. affordable for most people to do. I just basically would justify it because I have friends in LA and friends in Orange mm-hmm. County, so it's kind of a place where we could meet and then hang out and stuff. And then also like for the mental health aspect and like Yeah, my mom talked about it was like, oh you could come just pay for a parking then go through downtown Disney. That is not the same. I want to ride the rides. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, and and I used to love getting their hot chocolate. I would always want to get my mm-hmm. hot chocolate in the winter and I don't know if I'm ever gonna be able to have hot chocolate again. Because when I was in Arizona for Christmas, I tested out some foods. This was weeks before I got sick, so I don't yeah. think this triggered that. And also the, um, I almost said gynecologist. <laughs> nope. Gas 
gastroenterologist, I guess is what she would be. Yeah, and she it. was like, I don't think food did this. Anyway, um, but uh, yeah, I, I, tried, I tried a couple things. I tried fast food. That is a no-go. And I tried uh, a soda I could do. I mean, it wasn't great because it's acidic, but like I, there was no disasters. It was, I'm like, this is doable. I, ice cream was okay. I was like, okay, okay, great. What kind of ice cream? Um, I just got chocolate chip cookie dough. Usually I would do mint chocolate chip, but mint mm. and ice cream are both on the no-no list. So I was like, let's uh, maybe not push it too much. With A life without mint chip. I, dude, it's a life without everything right now. Not worth it. And then, and then I was, um, when I was sick, I couldn't drink water. It made me nauseous. So I was drinking Gatorade. Also, I had nothing in my system at all. I was just like, I was literally at one point, I almost had to call a friend to drive me to urgent care just to get IV injection. Because I was like, I am like <laughs> so weak right now. So I was on uh, Gatorade for a while. So that did not make my stomach happy. But anyway, the point of that was, and the other thing I tried while I was in Arizona was hot chocolate. And that made me the sickest of everything. <laughs> so I was like, no. <laughs> Why? My favorite things at Disney are hot chocolate, like food wise, because their food's not very good. Or hot chocolate, and then like, rarely I'll get cotton candy, which is just pure sugar, <laughs> and like a soda. You and, know, like, rec- only recently I learned that over in the UK they call it candy floss. Yeah, I've heard that term. I don't understand. I mean, I guess no, I don't agree. Yeah, no, it's no, cotton it candy. <laughs> cotton candy makes more sense than floss. You guys are all crazy. I'm sorry. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. all right, but, but we like, should... We didn't eat there, really. We had to get lunch. <laughs> and then my brother, he didn't like anything there, so you left and go get a hamburger, which he did not like. People much. do that a lot, but that line is always crazy. I got a McDonald's. lobster roll. I liked it. Um, A lot of people like the food there. I really don't like any mm-hmm. of the food there. Some of it is passable, and then there's some stuff that looks good and it smells good, so you're like, sweet, and then you have it and you're like, I've heard the stuff at least that they you have decent food if you're going to charge that much. Oh, I know. No, it's not. It's really not. Like, yeah. when I've gotten the better meals, not the stuff at, like, Blue Bayou and at um, Catharchy Circle, whatever that one is, in DCA, because those are really expensive. I've heard that food is good, but mm-hmm. it's really expensive. Yeah. But, like, the kind of, like, middle point stuff, it's not very good. <laughs> so, I just get, like, the cheapest. I get, like, a, a pizza port or something like that. But now I can't eat any of that. I think yeah. at this point, the pizza port would probably be my best option of the food there because i tried oh that's the other one i tried i tried doing um from like applebee's fish and chips so i was like because this is what i would mm-hmm. eat at disney usually is like a fish and chips or chicken tenders or one of those some kid basically food right and then um they don't have healthy food at disney not really um and that also did not go well so mm-hmm. i was like also out <laughs> so i still can't go back how to about disney. like just regular not junk food seafood <laughs> I can do theoretically plain fish with no seasoning on it, but then, because I was doing that, I was doing salmon like once or twice a week before, and then one time I had salmon, I got sick off it, so now Mm. I'm like a little afraid to go back to it, but theoretically, I should be okay to eat. I basically can have chicken, turkey, fish, as long as it has no seasoning on it, (laughs) and it's cooked, obviously. Mm. And then for whatever reason, my ham sandwich at Jersey Mike's is keeping me alive, and that one's fine. (laughs) It makes no sense. It's so strange. No, it's really the worst thing. I mean, I can literally list all the things I eat. It's scrambled eggs with nothing in it, bananas, either plain chicken, turkey, or fish, uh, plain brown rice. I can do steamed carrots and uh, my Jersey Mike sub, which is white bread, ham, lettuce, and mayo. That's it? Yeah, that's all I eat. I love it. It's so good. Oh, my God, so good. And then, except a It reminds lot of me times... of, like, when I first started eating at Subway when I was a kid. 
and had no palate, no, so dude, I had it's no. It's so good though. It's so good. <laughs> well, I don't have an option. I'm not going to try anything else right now. Yeah. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Mm. That's basically what I eat all of the Jeez. time. For mm. now, this is a solid three months of eating this way. I have a friend with a list of genetic foods. <laughs> Um, sensitivities. I think she can eat more than you. Yeah. Oh, no. I have a friend who has, like, she has to be gluten-free. She's not celiac, but she has to be gluten-free. She can't do dairy. She can't do melons. She can't do all kinds of things, and mm-hmm. she eats more meat. I'm also really picky, so there might be some other things I might be able to do. And then I wanted to start, like, testing, like, if I do, like, unsalted, like, peanuts or stuff like that. But then when I got really sick, I'm like, well, now I don't want to test anything that's not already on the approved list because I don't want to set this all off again, so... It's a hot mm. mess. Anyway, but we haven't seen each other in a long time, so we, we, we're we chatting too much. Let's get into animals because your story is crazy. Oh, also, we were starting Oceana, folks, which is mostly yes. Australia and the surrounding And islands. I advocated for making it in a longer month, but the council turned me down. The council turned you yes. down? The council of the, the calendar? <laughs> because yes. that is not... Hey, I would love it if Oceana happened to be on a five-week month, but it just it lands where it lands, man. And I disagree. Tough. Anyway. <laughs> five and five, man. So anyway, I'm talking about arsonist birds. Yay! They must be the cause of the bushfires. Yeah. So Australia is often affected by bushfires, which are often caused by either humans or lightning strikes. But reports now show that they can also be attributed to birds, possibly. So what are these birdies doing? There have been reports by indigenous people of Australia that there are what they call firehawks that control bush fires, brush fires. What? um, By carrying burning sticks uh, to new locations. (laughs) Why? It is known that um, predators will take advantage of fires in their natural habitat because when a fire moves through, it forces animals to move because yeah, they don't want to become a shish kebab. Yeah. Um, and so this will flesh out prey and give them a chance to catch an easy meal. And the firehawks, it turns out, can be attributed to a few birds of prey, including the black kite, whistling kite, and the brown falcon. Well, okay. wildfires are likely a f- eating frenzy to these birds um, because fire forces small birds, lizards, and insects to flee from the area. And they become easy pickings for these birds. And some of these birds have been observed picking up burning sticks and carrying them away to areas with dry grassland and dropping the stick. Because they're trying to drive them out? Yeah. Oh, those little assholes. And soon enough, the result is a large brush fire and it scares the wildlife and animals start fleeing the area. And these birds take advantage and start getting some free meals. They're like the freaking people who rob houses when people have to evacuate. (laughs) Yep. Some suspect that these birds have been starting these fires accidentally when they drop objects on prey that they miss and it happens to be smoldering or on fire. <laughs> I do not believe that, convinced by that. However, there have been more, um, there have been significantly more reports coming and um, documenting this behavior and it would explain how wildfires have been seeming to jump fire breaks across Australia. Wow. Yep. Scientists are still working, though, to get better photography that clearly documents them doing this behavior. A little snot. Yep. So, yeah, there's arsonist birds in Australia. (laughs) How dare they? Yep. Clearly predators. All right. Sorry, that water was probably loud, folks, but... 
I can finally drink it without it making me nauseous again. So it's a pretty <sighs> exciting time. It's sad when you're excited that you can drink water again without being nauseous. Anyway. Um, so I have sad news that actually happened a while ago. But again, we've had a break for a bit. So um, since we reported on this little one a few times, I'm going to... I'm just full of bad news today. Jeez. How dare you? You got all this happy shit. Well, arsonists. <laughs> I guess arsonists aren't really happy, but... Anyway, um, Magawa, who we've spoken of a few times, the hero rat who sniffed out the landmines, he died. So um, I'll just read the first little bit of this article. It's pretty much that's the story, is that he, he passed. So, But anyway, so Magawa, the hero rat, whose work sniffing out landmines in Cambodia won him a medal for life-saving bravery, has died at the age of eight. The African giant pouch rat found more than 100 landmines and other explosives during his service, according to APOPO, the mine-clearing non-governmental organization that trained him. And his work saw him win a gold medal. This is when we first reported on him, when he won his gold medal from the British veterinary charity, the People's Dispensary for Sick Animals in 2020. And then um, they announced on Tuesday... Um, that it is with a heavy heart that we share the sad news that Hero Rat Magawa passed away peacefully this weekend. He was in good health and spent most of the last week playing with his usual enthusiasm, but toward the end, toward the weekend, excuse me, he started to slow down, napping more and showing less interest in food in his last days. And he recently celebrated his eighth birthday in November. But anyway, so he has passed. When I looked it up, because I was like, what is their average lifespan? Mm-hmm. And it's not super specific. It just says they can live past seven in, yeah. cap- or in yeah, captivity. So anyway, but he was a little hero rat. So if you didn't hear about him in the previous stories that we talked about, um, basically he just sniffed out a bunch of landmines and other unexploded ordinances that could, you know, explode a person. So he's a little great guy. They basically like set up these little like threads, strings, whatever. And um and they attach this little harness and he runs around, sniffs them and like clears an area and they're they're much more efficient than people. So anyway. And dogs. Yeah. Well a dog would set it off. So yeah. <laughs> it's not gonna work. You gotta you gotta have a rat. Anyway, or something small like that. But anyway, so he's a great little guy. We talked about his award. We talked about him retiring and then unfortunately he did pass. So um yeah, you know twenty twenty two hasn't started great. Have you seen I what mean, people are saying? Twenty one be- took Betty White from us right at the end, and that oh, was just awful. But um, and then twenty twenty two, I'm like, this is not, this is not going great. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, well, again, it's like twenty twenty two. Yes. T-O-O, I've seen yes. Those. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen those memes and so, stuff. So anyway, but anyway, yeah. So that is my news. I'm sorry. I'm full of bad news today. How dare you? Um, and I don't really know how to transition this in a way that's not awful. Um, <laughs> I would just say that Magawa is a rat, and um, that doesn't really transition that no. well without giving things away. So never mind. Ignore my, my attempt at a transition. You'll get it when I talk about mine. But, uh, but my pick, I, or I shouldn't say my pick, our picks this week, we've been off for a month, and obviously it shows. Also, I've just been out, dude. Anyway, ugh. Um, I chose a weird category because I wanted to do this, and I was the weirdest category thus far. I don't think it's the weirdest it is. one thus far. For anyway, the title, it is. It, I didn't know how to explain it in a more concise <laughs> way. Sorry, I'm just gonna tell you the mess that I put in the notes, folks. So anyway, so I chose the category, and I chose Australian animals that rank number one on a list. So, for example, they can be the most venomous, they can be the largest, they can be the most endangered. <laughs> And they can be the top in just Australia or in the world. So it could be, like, the largest, like, 
land mammal, which obviously is not in Australia. But the point is, like, something like that, right? Or, like, yeah, anyway. So, uh, Casey, who yes. did you choose? I chose the Sydney Funnel Web Spider. The Sydney Funnel Web Spider. And what list are they top of? Most venomous spider in the world. Yep, Australia. Possibly. There's it's one other pretty... contender. Okay. Well, I assume you'll tell us about that. I can do it. It's a Brazilian wandering spider. Okay. <laughs> um, so the Sydney Funnel Web's scientific name is Atrix robustus. And as the name suggests, they are native to Sydney, Australia. And its range extends from Newcastle to Nara in New South Wales. They live in forested habitat and are a burrowing species that prefers to live in moist soil and can also be found in the crevices of fallen trees as well as beneath rocks. When they form their burrows, their web is formed into a funnel shape, which is where they get the name funnel web comes from. Hmm, I know that. Yep. And their webs can range from 20 to 60 centimeters across. Mm, okay. That's unacceptable. Well, no, that's like, that's like a normal <laughs> spider. It's like a standard spider web. Yeah, you don't have your measuring No, stuff. I don't, but I know that it's like 24 centimeters or something-ish about that for a foot. Yeah. It's 30 and a half. Is it really? Well, I'm yeah. off. Anyway, okay. Oh, then that's not that bad. That's only like yeah. two. Yeah, that's fine. They are a sexually dimorphic species with the males averaging just 25 millimeters in length, while females can be 35 millimeters. Wow. Males are also much more sunnierly built and have longer legs than the females. And this spider's diet consists primarily of other invertebrates such as beetles, cockroaches, and millipedes. Don't you have the creepy crawlies? I don't like the millipedes either, but like I don't really. Why don't you like millipedes? I don't like a lot of these. Millipedes are awesome. They're like okay, but like I just don't want them on me. I don't really want them near me. And a spider eating one doesn't sound good. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, continue. Oh my gosh! Another notable characteristic of these spiders is their large fangs and venom sacs. They are an ambush predator and will wait patiently in their burrows. And the horizontal silk lines of their web act like trip lines. And when the spider detects movement from the silk, they will rush out to grab the prey and run back into the barrel where they can safely feed on it. As well as provide them with a means to catch prey and safety, the web also helps maintain a suitable environment for the funnel web as they are vulnerable to drying out. And the web helps hold in humidity and maintains a consistent temperature in the burrow. Is that a problem for a lot of spiders? Yes. Huh. Depends never, on the species and where they really live. I've never thought of that before. Okay. <laughs> the funnel web has a fearsome reputation as one of the deadliest spiders in the world, and it does have very potent venom that will require immediate first aid, but its reputation is often over-exaggerated. It should be noted that since the development of anti-venom back in 1981, there has been no fatalities due to the Sydney funnel webs. And it should also be known that these spiders do not jump onto or aggressively chase people. And those are just urban myths. <laughs> and fun fact, it is the male spiders are the ones responsible for the deaths caused by the funnel webs before the development of antivenom. Interesting. This is due to a combination of the behavior of the male funnel webs and an evolutionary coincidences with spiders' venom. The Sydney funnel web... Um, has a component to their venom known as delta hexatoxin. And this impacts the nervous system, which may potentially cause fatalities. And turns out in humans and other primates, um, it disrupts the sodium voltage channels in the nervous system while 
and it does something very similar in insects. The venom has an ancient origin in the funnel web spiders, which is a big old family with several different funnel webs. Sydney funnel webs are just most venomous. And it was initially used for predation on insects, and it has changed very little over millions of years. However, male spiders have very short lifespans and don't hunt much. And unlike the females, they don't stay hidden in burrows, but are out actively moving around searching for mates. Mm, So this exposes them to a a significantly increased risk of encountering predators. So they have evolved a very different expression of these hexatoxins. And rather than use it for hunting, they use it for defense against vertebrate predators like bandicoots, birds, and lizards. And in those species, it induces pain. However, humans are not part of their normal predators. And as just an evolutionary coincidence of them evolving this defense against predators, it kills primates. Whoa. That's crazy. So literally shit luck for primates. So like a bandicoot is like, walk it off. Yeah. (laughs) What's wrong with you? (laughs) It hurts them, but it won't kill them. Wow. Yep. And it's literally one of those unsatisfying answers science finds. It's like, yeah, it just just happens. It just happened that way. (laughs) Yeah. Weird. All right. Well, that's a Sydney funnel funnel web spider. I can't talk. I must say I was happy in reading these that I feel a little better about going to Australia. Like slightly. I mean, I want to go to Australia anyway, regardless. But Mm -hmm. anyway. All right. So I chose the uh, most venomous land snake. It's really specifically how they phrased it. I don't like that because that makes me think, like, is are you thinking there's another contender for a sea snake, which shouldn't exist I looked anyway? Up the, I looked up the L50 numbers, and it's the most venomous. Yeah, there's I'm not. sure I think it's just the most venomous snake. But also just made me think of venomous sea snakes, which just shouldn't be a thing and obviously yeah. are, and I hate it anyway. Um, but so the inland taipan is the world's most venomous snake, which I thought previously that it was actually a different snake, and I put this note in here, which is probably in Casey's notes, but I'm addressing it now anyway. Um, So the second most deadly snake is the one that most people think is the deadliest snake. Well, it is the most deadly because it bites people more. But the point is, like, that it was the most poisonous, but that's the brown snake, so that's usually considered the most deadly because they actually run into people more and bite Mm -hmm. them more and cause problems. But the most venomous snake is the inland taipan, and we're going to get into them. Oh, boy. I never look at these ahead of time, so this is always fun. <laughs> All right. Um, so their scientific name is Oxyuranus microlepidotus. I feel like that was pretty close, honestly. I feel pretty proud of myself. We're moving on. The species generic name Oxyuranus, come, Uranus, Uranus. Is it like the planet? Anyway, okay. Comes from the Greek words, I guess so, <laughs> oxys, which means sharp, and aura, which means tail. This species epithet Microlepidotus comes from the Greek words micros, which means small, and lepis, which means tail. There's a lot of tail action happening here. Anyway, so its scientific name translates to small-scaled sharp tail. Wow. (laughs) I just... Anyway, okay. Mm -hmm. As the name suggests, it is found in inland Australia rather than along the coast like its cousin the coastal taipan. They range from Queensland down to South Australia. The species lives in habitat that has little vegetation and usually is found living in the crevices of clay found in floodplains. 
This species averages around two meters in length, and both sexes are around the same size. Unlike most other snakes, the inland taipan is diurnal and is most active during the daytime. The inland taipan is a very shy and reclusive species that spends the majority of its time hidden in burrows to avoid the intense heat, so it is rarely encountered by people and will likely try to slither away then confront a human. Oh boy. Their primary prey excuse me, is the long-haired rat, which goes through a boom-and-bust life cycle. Yep. When the wet season comes around and there is a significant increase in resources, the rat's population explodes, which provides to such proportion that the species is um, sometimes referred to as the plague rat. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> the taipan will feed more heavily during this time of year as the outback has very intense conditions to live through and eventually causes the long-haired rat population to collapse. Do they just die of like, yeah. heat exhaustion and shit? Or Starvation. What? Oh, food. That makes sense. Okay. Wow, that's terrible. Okay. Australia is <laughs> tough, man. The taipan, like many other snakes, has evolved to go months without food, waiting until the next boom in the long-haired rat's life cycle. The inland taipan is most, most well-known for its reputation for being the most venomous snake on the planet. The venom is so potent that rather than releasing its prey, the taipan will hold on to its prey item because its venom takes effect so quickly. <laughs> to measure how venomous a snake is, scientists use... A, uh, I'm assuming there's supposed to be the word list or something in there or something. Use a is the. <laughs> it's what is written. So something's missing. A system? Sure. I'm going to say it's a system. Okay. It's use the. Okay. There we go. That's better. Uh, to use the LD50, which represents the dose needed to kill 50% of animals in the test. And for the inland type N, it is a 0.025 milligram or kilogram or per milligram, milligram per, kilo per kilogram, per kilogram. Yeah, or in other words dude there's the letters missing or in <laughs> other words a single bite from this snake can kill about two hundred and fifty thousand mice in one bite from one bite that's crazy yeah. i just don't understand <laughs> why all of these things need to be so venomous to just this overkill on what you're eating anyway even though they accidentally kill us and it wasn't like Anyway, so the taipan has a very potent neurotoxin component to its venom, but perhaps the deadliest component to its venom is the hyaluronidase enzyme. How do you say that? Hyaluronidase. That doesn't look right either. But anyway, okay, I'll, I'll take your word for it. This enzyme acts like a spreading factor because it increases the rate at which the body absorbs the venom. Oh, shit, that's bad. The likely reason for this incredibly potent item is that the rats, is the rats, it's, what, what, how is this written? Oh my gosh, start this one over. The likely reason for this incredibly potent item is the rats, it preys on being significant enough in size that they can pose serious potential harm to the snake, so they evolve such toxic venom to immobilize it quickly. So basically, need it to drop fast. I don't yes. know, man. There's just there's S's on words that it doesn't need to be on, and they're missing. I don't remember words. putting. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is just you were you were like crazy when you were doing this. All right. Anyway, basically, the point of that sentence they needed to knock the rats out quickly so they don't injure them while they're trying to bite them. Okay. Yes. Despite this incredibly toxic venom, there have been very few bites, nearly all of which. Um, all of which are snake handlers and researchers, and there has yet to be any deaths attributed to this snake species. 
The inland taipan is currently listed as least concerned by the IUCN Red List. The most significant threat this species faces is a decrease in available prey due to introduction of non-native predators like cats and foxes. Cats and foxes just screwing shit up everywhere, aren't they? But anyway, yeah, so this is actually, this is why you feel better, folks, because the most deadly, well, we shouldn't say most deadly, the most venomous snake in the world has never killed anyone that we know of, at least. And you're very unlikely to run into them, so their little friend, the brown snake, is the one you might, but as long as you go to the hospital and get that antivenom, you're good to go. So anyway, that... That is our category, the crazy category of Australian animals that rank number one on A-list. <laughs> uh, could be just for Australia or the world. And they are the Sydney funnel web spider that accidentally kills people. And then um, the inland taipan that just doesn't kill people because they don't run into them. So there you go. And uh, and Casey. Yes, Allie. Who is the Sydney funnel web spider and the inland type and snake's favorite Spider-Man supervillain? I don't know. Oh, I thought you could get this one. What? Wait. I don't know. Venom. Venom? Oh, my. Because they're both venomous. <laughs> Do not break it. Um, he just had movies recently. Anyway, okay. <laughs> Um, moving right along. I am I so excited. Those not too long ago, too. I know. I was like, it's like one of the most famous villains. Anyway. Oh, my gosh. Um, aside from, really, am I going to forget his name right now? The Green Goblin. I mm-hmm. got there. Anyway. Um, I'm so excited about our Animal of the Week. I've been wanting to do this for so long. So, our Animal of the Week this week is... The Frilled Necked Lizard. The Frilled Necked Lizard. I'm so excited. They're so great. They basically look like little velociraptors. Oh, I love them. Okay, tell us about them. Yes, so these guys come from the order Squamata, and they come from the family Agamidae, and they're scientific. They are Chlamydosaurus kingii. Are they in Agama? Yes, they are in Agama. What? Oh, that makes sense, actually, because the um, other one I talked about. Wow, I've forgotten what it's yep. called now. It was like a month ago. <laughs> anyway, move on. Flying dragon. Thank you. Yes, the Draco. The Draco, Draco lizard. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Uh, this species is native to northern Australia and southern New Guinea, and it lives in semi-arid woodland habitat as well as sclerophyll forests. As what forest? Sclerophyll forest. What is that? It's what we live nearby. <laughs> there are plants that, because they live in a Mediterranean climate, like we do because we have crazy hot, dry summers, uh-huh. so because of this, they have very thick leaves that are oriented so they don't get direct sunlight. Oh. They also have a waxy cuticle on them. And that's considered a forest? They're just random plants? No, but they are it's actual trees. Oh, okay. What we have is coastal shape scrub and right. chaparral, but... But they're trees. They're both sclerophyllous plants. Because they have thick, waxy cuticles to prevent them from drying out. So if you want to insult someone, you say, you're a sclerophyllous forest. Sclerophyllous. <laughs> <laughs> sclerophyllous. How do you say it? Sclerophyllous. Sclerophyllous. Nope, we're moving on. Continue. <laughs> so these guys can live up to 10 years of age. It is a relatively large lizard that averages around 85 centimeters in length. And this... They are primarily an insectivorous species that feeds on small invertebrates, but on rare occasions it may prey on smaller mammals. <gasps> oh, shit. <laughs> Didn't realize that. Okay, yep. they're still cool, dude. They're just yep. cool. And this species is actually arboreal and spends most of its time on tree trunks and usually only comes down to ground when it needs to hunt for insects. 
the frail lizard is diurnal, but its daily habits will vary depending on the time of year. In the dry season, it becomes much less active and will prefer spending much of its time resting on high branches. Whereas in the wet season, the frail lizard becomes much more active as there are more resources around so it can afford to spend more energy. And during this time of year, it will prefer staying in shorter and smaller trees closer to the ground. As their names would suggest, this species' most prominent feature is the frill it has around its neck. So great. Yep. The frill is a ruff of skin that surrounds the neck when it is resting. It uses the frill as a threat display, and when it gets frightened, it spreads open the frill to make itself appear larger and can be up to 30 centimeters across. Um, this also exposes the brighter coloration on its frill to try to scare off potential predators. And when it has its frill open, it will also have its mouth gaped open to tr <laughs> because the inside of its mouth is colored to try to scare them even more. It will also get on its hind legs and start to charge at whatever has cornered it to try it. to scare it off. I love watching them run on videos. Yeah. <laughs> Running yeah. and it's all out. <laughs> uh, I mean, I feel bad because they're stressed out when that's happening, mm -hmm. but it's so cool. Yeah. However, this behavior is often used as a last resort and it will usually freeze to try to stay hidden from predators while on the ground or dash up the nearest tree for safety. They also have two long canine teeth that they will use to inflict a painful bite if the threat does not leave them alone. Oh, snap. And unlike many other animals, the frilled lizard has ch what's called chisel teeth, which are teeth that are fused to their jaw and... Um, last throughout their entire lives. This is actually a characteristic of all other agamid lizards, and sometimes they're called the chiseled tooth lizards. Hmm. You know what I have learned recently, Casey? What? That I think agama lizards are my favorite, like, I almost said genre. <laughs> genre of lizards. <laughs> what would you classify that as? It's a family. A family. I think yeah. that's my favorite fam speaking. Favorite family of lizards. Like, they're all so cool. Yeah. I love them. I'm learning new things, folks. Agamas, they're awesome. Yeah. Um, and fun fact, this species of lizard was the inspiration for Dilophosaurus depicted in the Jurassic Park movie. Oh, I'm sorry. I was saying Veloc. I'm totally wrong. Yep. Dinosaur. Totally wrong dinosaur. <laughs> My bad. Yep. Um, some evidence suggests that it may not be just for deterring predators, as research have found that the brightness of the frill of males is a strong indicator as to which males would win a fight for females. When competing against each other for access to females, the only two strong predictors were size and the color on their frill. Being bigger helped those males in 83% of contests, while more cover frill translated to predicting the victor in 90% of contests. Hmm. And in instances when males were about the same size, the frill color was once again shown to be a strong indicator of who the victor would be. Scientists also um, calculated the carotenoid pigmentation and what carotenoids are is it's the it's a pigment, chemical pigment, which gives things like carrots their distinctive orangish color. Hmm. Okay. And the lizard okay. and they measured that in the lizard's frills, and there was a strong relationship between high carotenoid levels and the lizard's ability to successfully fight off competitors. And this provides the first evidence ever of carotenoid-based signaling for fighting ability in lizards. Hmm. Yeah, it seems like a weird thing to go off of. <laughs> Carotenoids have been studied quite well in birds, but little is known about their role in lizards. So it seems that these frills may also have a function in sexual selection as well as predator deterrence. 
So is it the ones that have a darker, like, red color? Like, what is the more difference in color? More orange coloration. More orange, okay. Yeah. Ver- so more orange, like, bright orange versus dull, or, like, more orange more versus, like, orange. Bright. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I love them. They're awesome. If you've never <laughs> yep. seen a video of them running yep. with their frills out and everything, that's crazy. Yes, and it is currently listed as least concerned by the IUCN red list, and there are currently no major threats to the species across its whole range, but there have been some short-term declines in some populations as a result of wildfires. Oh, probably those freaking arsonist birds. Well, actually, that's a pretty big lizard. They're probably grabbing that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but still, uh, can you just imagine a bird diving down and the lizard just like, ah! <laughs> Do they make any noises? They will they hiss. They like hiss, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. Anyway, those are cool. Super awesome. Anyway. All right. But that's going to bring us to a challenge, and it's Casey's turn to challenge me. Um, it's probably gonna go terrible because as you know, these usually go terrible. So um yeah, let's we're gonna see what he's got going. I've got some Australia trivia for you. Okay. And I think ten minutes should be Hugh enough. Hugh Jackman is my answer. <laughs> I keep forgetting he's Australian too. How do you forget he's Australian? Because I've never listened to him outside of a movie. Oh, Chris Hemsworth. No. Do you remember him being Australian? Nope. He speaks with his accent in, like, a lot of movies. Oh, wait, yeah, now, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway. <sighs> All right, here we go. All right, so there's ten questions. There's bonus questions in there. I'm giving you ten minutes to okay. answer all of them. All right. All right, and first question. How many flightless bird species are on Australia? A lot. <laughs> uh, a lot. Um... I just have to pick a random number. Oh my god! Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say ten. I don't know how close that's gonna be, but that is incorrect. Okay. And very off. Really? Yeah. But low? It's low. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. All right. Continue on. Okay. Australia is the only continent home to what unique group of mammals? Oh no. Oh no. What? Mm, what's the? What, um, what's the kangaroo family? Well, I don't know what that is. The only continent that's home to these group. I know, but I, I'm trying to think of what group of... I, first of all, I don't know my groups from my families from my stuff, so like, I don't know what that's really going to translate to. So, um, so I don't know. I'm like, I just don't remember seeing kangaroo-type things anywhere else. I feel like they're all in Australia. So I'm just going to... A group of kangaroos. It's incredible. Okay. Um, what is Australia's only endemic crocodile species? The, I almost said Nile. Um, saltwater croc. That is incorrect. What? Endemic. Oh. No, I don't know then. So we'll just go with the answer <laughs> I gave because I don't know what it is. Okay. The spider with the largest leg span lives in Australia. What species is it? I think it's probably going to be the, uh, it's not right, the huntsman spider? I'm going to say huntsman spider. That is correct. Those are terrifying. They're cool. Watching videos of people trying to catch them and then they jump at them. It's awful. <laughs> it's awful. What is the national animal of Australia? Oh, I should know that. I feel like it has to be like a kangaroo or a koala. <sighs> Would they try to go t- I feel like Australia tries to go tough, though, and they're going to, like, punch stuff instead of being cute. So I'm going to say a kangaroo. That is correct. Okay. Australia has the highest diversity of what group of mammals? Um, I would think marsupials. That is correct. Yay. There are only two groups of native placental mammals in Australia. 
What are they? This is too complicated, man. Okay. Native I'm not even asking for scientific terms. Mammals. Placental mammals. Like I, I'd have said. to know what a placental mammal is. Not a marsupial. Oh, okay. Um, like us, we're placental mammals. Okay. Okay, I'm sorry. What was the question again? Only two there groups. There are only of two them? groups of native placental mammals in Australia. What are they? Those aren't native. Um. Wow, I'm struggling, man. Uh, are they in the water? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, uh, I'm going to say... Uh, I really don't know. I'm just going to name Australian animals, y'all. Palatopus. Palatopus? I don't know what a palatopus is. <laughs> I'm like, that's not... Um, I said placental. Um, I don't know. A lot of them are... Ugh. What freaking mammals do they have in there besides the ones you think of with Australia, man? Um, They're very basic. And they actually rhyme. <laughs> lovely. Okay, I'm... No, that doesn't make sense. Um, I really don't know. I'm going to say... Because the, the dingoes were not native, so no. those were brought over. I feel like they're going to have some sort of dog-type thing. Um, I feel like everybody has some pig-type thing. I'm going to say some kind of pig. And, um, did they have foxes? I don't know if they had foxes over there. Probably not. Who knows? A pig and a dog. I don't know. <laughs> That's incorrect. Okay, great. This is going so well. What is the largest native mammal of Australia? Is that going to count as the saltwater croc? Because I feel mammal. like... Mammal! Oh, mammal. <laughs> native mammal. <laughs> native mammal. Ah, focus, Allie. Um, Good lord. I feel like it would be one of the kangaroos. They're pretty tall. What mammal do they... No, those are birds. <laughs> I'm struggling. I'm going to say a kangaroo. Do I have to say what kind of kangaroo? Kangaroo's probably wrong anyway, so yep. it doesn't matter. So, I would like you to be more specific. Um, I think it's the red kangaroo. Oh, thank you, baby Jesus. <laughs> that is correct. Okay. <laughs> Bonus, what is the largest introduced mammal? Uh, I feel like that would probably be the dingo. That is incorrect. Oh, really? Yep. You'll find out what it is. Oh, okay. What is the largest animal in Australia? Is that the saltwater croc? That is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There are three species of cassowary, but only one is native to Australia. What species is it? Um, I'm going to say I'm going to hope that it's the one that we talked about, which is the southern cassowary. That is correct. Yay. And we still have time. <laughs> Yay. That went horribly wrong. Also, okay. I, my brain no, is I'm real good. I think I will give you two. Because <laughs> I should have. I could have been probably more specific. So the first one. Let me count these real quick. Okay. <laughs> I just need to go to Australia so I can know these things. You got 60 points. Okay. Solid D. So, first one, how many flightless bird species are on Australia? The answer is three. Okay, because you're not doing... I'm probably thinking subspecies then. Probably. That's probably the problem. Okay. Yeah. They are, and the bonus would be named a three. It's the emu, southern cassowary, and little penguin. Oh, okay, okay, okay. No, I know what my problem was. I was looking at New Zealand animals. They have a lot. Yes, they That's do. That's my problem. <laughs> That's my problem. Like, they're like kiwis and all kinds of things. Yeah. What are you talking about? 
I'm like, yep. oh, wrong place. Yep. And Australia is the only country home to what unique group of mammals? The it was monotremes, the egg-laying mammals. Oh. Okay, I was never gonna get yep. that. I would have accepted egg-laying. <laughs> if I had just said platypus, would that have counted? No. Okay. No, then I never and would have. The bonus had it. would have been name all monotremes in Australia. Platypus. That'll. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I know that lays an egg. Nope, I don't. No, no. Mm, are they Australia? No, they're Australia, Africa. Echidna? Yes. Okay, there we go. Short beak echidna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's, I think, four species of echidna. Okay. Australia's only endemic crocodile species is the Australian freshwater crocodile. Would not have gotten that. <laughs> and Spire was giant huntsman. I accepted huntsman, though. Oh, okay. National animal is kangaroo. It has the, Australia has the highest diversity of marsupials. And there are only two groups of native placental mammals in Australia. What are they? Rats and bats. Oh, I didn't even think about rats. Okay. <laughs> yep. Technically, it's rodents, so. But I would no. have accepted rats. Okay. <laughs> the largest native mammal is the red kangaroo. The largest introduced mammal is the dromedary camel. Oh, okay. Yep. But are they, they're just out there or are they just domesticated? Yep. No, they're feral. Like, they're... Uh, okay, okay, okay. Because yeah. I was like, well, I'm sure they have horses, but like, whatever. Yeah. And <laughs> they've been doing cullings to try to bring their numbers down. Oh, dear. <laughs> yep. But yeah, and then you got the last two correct. What were they again, just for? What is the largest animal in Australia? The saltwater crocodile. Mm-hmm. And they're not endemic. They are native to other islands of Australasia. Okay, okay. And there are three species of cassowary. The only one native to Australia is the southern, southern cassowary. cassowary. What are the other ones again? Did you write them down? No. Do you remember what they are? I'm pretty sure one's northern. Northern okay. and dwarf. Okay. I'm A going to double check that. dwarf cassowary? What? I'm double checking this. When I was looking at Deadly Animals of Australia type list, the cassowaries were definitely on it. It's funny because it's like, it's the tiniest sliver oh, of yeah, Australia yeah. that they're all. Yeah. And you have to be like messing with them yeah. to have that problem. Okay. Yep. I was right. The Southern, Northern, and the Dwarf. Okay. Well, there we go. The other two are. I didn't beginning. completely fail, but I didn't do much better than failing. So. Yep. There you go. I was never going to get monotremes, though. That wasn't going to happen. I know I've heard the word before, but that was never going to be something I plucked out of my... I would have accepted egg-laying mammals. I was... That wasn't going to happen either. Why? That was never going to happen. <laughs> Ugh, God. And now I'm, like, mixing places together, obviously. I'm like, oh, God, where are they? Anyway, just assume the weird... I feel like all the weird stuff is in Oceania area, so, like... But it's yes. like, is it Australia or is it New Zealand? Or is it one of those? Or Asia. Everything, those are the, that's where all the weird stuff is. And everybody else is like, it's a little bit off sometimes other places, but that's where the weird stuff is. The cool weird stuff, not in a bad way, just like, you know, anyway. All right, well, um, you know, we're a little bit uh, words. Rusty, sure, we'll go with that, coming back in. But welcome to 2022, folks. Hopefully it's going to turn around because, you know, it's not starting off great. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, yeah, so we continue our Oceana this um, month. Also, remember to check out the website for pictures of all the animals and all the links and all that good stuff and any merch or anything. I must say our shirts are very comfy, so, like, I love sleeping in them for sure. So I recommend them. Anywho, have a great rest of your week, folks. 
Thank you for listening to episode 70. As always, we're your hosts, Allie. And Casey. And we will catch you on the next episode of the Animal Addicts Podcast.